Hello, welcome back to track four, episode four of Road Trip EP. You are here with Leisha and Caleb. And we are husband and wife traveling uh, in our RV full time with our two dogs and cat. And we are here to talk music with you guys. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. So today I'm really excited about our topic. We kind of did like a like a potluck kind of topic for this one and chose something a little bit different. Um, and I'm really excited to dive into this one. Honestly. Yeah, me too. I, I really love this kind of format. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So this one is going to be focused all in um, vocals. The only part of the band that matters. Oh my I'm god, kidding. don't say that. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. Oh my god. It was a joke about, you know, egotistical vocalists. Mm. But yeah. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> um, coming for us, people <laughs> will. But okay. Anyway, so basically we're going to do some focus on vocals today. And we are taking I don't even feel like this is an argument to be honest, but the top four grunge voices of mm -hmm. the 90s. Mm -hmm. And we have some isolated vocal tracks to listen to. We really just kind of want to dive into each of their vocal styles, like what makes them really different, like kind of the big, um, our favorite things about them, the big highlights within them. Yeah. I, I always loved listening to isolated vocal tracks um, too. And just kind of, it, it's just interesting to, to hear, like you hear so many different things when you're doing like just, and even vice versa too. Like um, I know I joked earlier about vocalists being the only ones that matter, but even listening to just like instrumental tracks, I have a lot of fun doing that too. Just picking out different yeah. parts that you wouldn't notice before. But the vocals is pretty cool, especially like it you is, can kind of yeah. hear like the effects they use on the on the vocals, and and sometimes you can hear them like kind of clearing their throat or like mm -hmm. breathing and like getting ready to sing a note. It that feels you very yeah. you know like a raw feel of it. So yeah, so I'm really excited to dive into this one. Um, we're going to take a quick break because I think our dog is trying to let us know that she needs a little, little break herself. So let's move on to that. All right. Dog break over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, we figured we would go ahead and start um, the isolated vocals with probably the one person that everyone knows will be on this list 100%. Yeah. Because yeah. you said grunge music of the 90s. So mm -hmm. obviously everybody's first thought is probably Kurt Cobain. So yeah, figured we'd start there. Um, so what we're probably going to do here is um, listen to three. I think it was three, right? Three tracks of each singer. Yeah, we just chose a few. Yeah. Um, tried to find a few different tracks that showed different parts of their vocals. Um, or just maybe some of, like, in our opinion, some of their best vocals. But try to pick, yeah, like a few different ones to show you. Obviously, Kurt Cobain, part of Nirvana, pretty much like the godfather to grunge music in that Seattle scene. I yeah. mean, they were really the ones that, and maybe not necessarily were the first ones to start it, but I think they were really the first ones to break it broke through yeah probably the yeah. grunge scene so um i mean we all know kurt cobain we all yeah, know everyone knows nirvana all yeah. know nirvana but i think something too before we really dive into his vocals um i think a few things that are kind of interesting with kurt cobain is that he has he's like a little bit of a different technique that i think is is different from honestly 
many singers, but even different from a lot of like the four singers that we're focusing on today. Um, and he kind of uses the technique of like the false chords where he really uses like a lot of his greams and, and rasps come from like the chords that actually sit next to your vocal chords that we use. Like when we're eating to breathe, it's like, it's like a diverted path of, of like airflow. I would say that that's kind of why when you listen to him, it almost sounds like it's painful. What he's saying, it's like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, very yeah. like, like super scratch. Like they're scratchy and raspy in his yeah. voice, but this is just like straight up like frying your vocals. Like it probably honestly yeah. is not healthy. Yeah, and, um, I don't honestly like to continue to sing like that mm-hmm. all the time. Probably yeah, is a lot of wear and tear on the voice. Yeah, yeah. If he it, was still with us, yeah, if it'd be interesting to see. His voice would have really if, took a major. Yeah, if they would have had to stop early. Um, mm-hmm. Or if he would have had to switch up his vocal style a little bit. I mean, because he does have, which we'll listen to in some of the songs, he does have some songs where he doesn't really, Mm -hmm. you know, go as intense and there's a lot of of, uh, nice, like, low tones and stuff. But Yeah. um, Yeah, Yeah, and you use the word frying the vocals, which is actually, like, another term for that. Like, it's literally called, yeah, vocal Mm -hmm. fry. So um, so that's kind of something I think that is distinct with Kurt's voice that he uses a lot. And... Um, right off the bat kind of makes him yeah. a little different yeah very, but very hard to replicate like if you're going to try to yeah. sing along like it's very hard like oh, you, you can totally. sing the tone and you can you can be in tune with it and mm-hmm. sing the melody but to try to do exactly what he does eh. yeah and i know like tough. and you're gonna you're gonna be able to tell on a lot of these two like they use backing tracks and stuff like that while they're doing the recording mm-hmm. studio so you'll hear a lot of reverb and stuff like that that yeah. makes it sound a little different too but i mean even without that stuff, his voice is definitely very hard to imitate. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we should start right off the bat with their obviously biggest hit and listening to um, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Like, obviously, again, these are going to be isolated vocals. So let's kind of let's hear that. I'm watching what I do best And for this gift I feel blessed A little grew Has always been Always will Until the end Hello, 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 hello Hello, 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 hello Hello, 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 hello Hello, hello Yeah, so like I mean, when you listen to it like that, it's really cool, and it almost has like an echo effect because you can kind of mm-hmm. really hear like that it's like two tracks playing over each other, like it's double layered like that when they're singing like that. Um, I really never noticed it, like just listening to the song until you listen to it with isolated vocals. Um, and there's a couple uh, YouTubers that I watch that do I- isolated vocals and stuff like and listens like that. So I've I've actually didn't really catch on to that until I watched that video. Um, and it is kind of interesting to hear it that way, though. But you, you can really just like hear like what we were talking about before, like where it almost sounds like he's like really destroying his vocals mm-hmm. when he's singing. And so- I think this particular vocal track is a really good example of that, like vocal frying that he's yeah. almost doing and like really pushing it so much where like it almost hurts to think about it. But like he has this like control with it, too, which is very interesting with with Kirk Cobain's voice, but I think it's it's 
orchestrated very well with this vocal track and like in this particular like song yeah and there's another part too there that almost sounds like um like he it almost sounds like his voice cracks or whatever mm-hmm. and like almost like like a kind of high pitch like almost like a yodel kind of thing yeah and like i wonder like when he did that like was he just singing and it happened and they're just like, yeah, we'll just leave that in. Or if it was purposeful or like, I don't know. I think that's honestly part of his style a little bit. Cause there's so many songs where you can actually, he has that yodel effect, yeah. which if you hear it, like thinking about that, you're like, <laughs> like that would be so weird. Yeah. And like to go into it like that would also be so weird. But I think there's just like a little, like that's like a little like signature in his yeah. voice that I think he's just really tapped into that and like lets his voice really flow and however it comes out, it comes out. And I think there's like just that natural, like almost yodel effect that you yeah. hear in a lot of mm. his songs, honestly. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. I think I think another thing too that this song showcases is that Kurt Cobain is actually said to almost hit a four octave note, just in a very like not very like not a very precise kind of four octave note so it's like kind of i think a little bit debatable on that but he does have quite a bit of of the range of that that you can see even in like these these low hints and like his his rasp and his scream is quite higher than like obviously some of those like softer lower notes that you hear Mm -hmm. so i think this is another like example where you really see that those like octaves kind of play out yeah. a little bit throughout. So and it's crazy to me that it sounds good still because mm-hmm. it is almost like when you listen to it, just the vocals without music, it is kind of like almost just like some guy just screaming into a mic, yeah. like whatever yeah. comes out, comes out, but it, it somehow works. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely very Kurt Cobain's signature. He just makes it work and we all love it. Yeah. So Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so the next one we're looking at is another one off of Nevermind. Um, but this one is a lot different from mm-hmm. the last track. So we looked at his kind of intensity and vocal fry yeah. and and just kind of sounding like he's just screaming out whatever comes out to the mic, and that's what they record. Um, the next one we're going to look at definitely is not as intense, but a really cool song. So. Yeah. It's okay to eat fish because they... Don't have any feelings Something in the way mm-hmm. Something in the way Yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, so that one obviously is a very different showcasing of Kirk Cobain's voice um definitely playing into his softer melodies but also like some of his um fragile parts of his yeah. voice but it's interesting though because like his fragile parts still have like this bit of power behind them where he's it's like rather than it being like such an effortless kind of fragile note it's almost like there's still a he still can like create like a break in that fra- fragile part yeah, and there's stuff. still still here you still hear the vocal break on a couple of the parts there mm-hmm. and but yeah this one's definitely a lot more restrained and a lot yeah. more toned down slower song um but yeah it's still i don't know it's just still really 
a really cool song to listen to, even though it, yeah. it is a little repetitive. And once it gets kind of to the chorus, that's pretty much the whole yeah. song. It doesn't really change. Especially now in this time, because they did use it in the Batman movie. Yeah, and I now, think it got a little resurgence. The <laughs> I Batman feel like I it's like, like yeah. all on the reels and TikToks yeah. with like the random Batman in the background. But, but it just has like a really cool dark feeling. It to does. The song and, um, it's a very it's a very simple song with like these little like I don't know like these little pieces that he kind of does there with his voice like i think this showcases his like lower um sound really well like his kind of more baritone sounds that you're hearing in there but it's a good it's a good song to showcase that he's not always what everybody thinks like you know a lot of people will think oh it's just nirvana they just screams and whatever yeah but this is a good song to show that you know he can actually sing and and uh do it in a way that is more restrained so we have one more song um, of Kurt Cobain's vocals, and this one comes from an earlier album of Bleach, and um, this song is about a girl. So let's listen in. I need an easy friend, I do with them, it do land, I do think you fit this shoe, I do want you have a clue, and to give you hang me out to dry, but I can't see you every night free. So uh, that's yeah, that's about a girl. And listening to it isolated like that is so like weird to me because I never noticed how like nasally the I do part is. Mm-hmm. Like it almost sounds like he's not even fully saying it, which was a popular thing in the grunge. Yeah. They just yeah. kind of mumble words out. But it, it, that whole I do part like kind of threw me for a loop, like listening to it isolate like that. I never noticed that. But that's another different kind of vocal uh, that he's doing here compared mm-hmm. to the other two songs. I think that yodel thing, though, that we were talking about is really showcased here. Very like straightforward. Yeah. Like those like almost like you said, those I do's are almost like it's like a weird crack nasal, but almost yodel-esque. Yeah. Like, it's so interesting that that can somehow work in this format. Like, yeah. I don't know. Because I, I really love this song. Like, I think like this is one of, I think it's one of their, like, top songs for me. I really love this one. So it's, and this is an early one. This is kind of, you can actually tell almost, like, how, like, a little bit cleaner his vocal is yeah. in this one. And then it's, like, you go into Nevermind, and he's kind of, like, letting yeah. it all out on that <laughs> one. But so they're not that it's, like, clean. Like, he definitely still has his, like, rasp kind of come through and, like, those yodels come through. But in comparison, yeah. like, listening to this from, like, Smells Like Teen Spirit, there is really, like, a much more, like, difference yeah, in and, those. Yeah, and maybe that's just the progression of his yeah. vocal style kind of, tearing his vocal cords mm-hmm. up even more when yeah once you get to never mind it's more a lot more raspier and yeah and, and uh fry vocal sounds there so yeah yeah i i think um i think this is kind of an interesting one to listen to just like i said like the earlier days of him and just that in comparison but a great song and still great vocal track and i think ultimately with kurt cobain i mean i feel like a lot of people would call him like one of the best like grunge singers yeah i think he's a great singer and he has such a signature taste to him i actually don't know that he's my favorite though of like especially of the four that we're talking about today yeah um yeah it is is because he's definitely the most well-known and growing Mm -hmm. up like that's the one i remember the most yeah hands Um, down but but yeah like listening to all these these other ones is it really makes you like kind of like 
I don't know. Not, not that Kurt isn't talented. No, something. absolutely. He definitely definitely he does have not saying that. But it is a different sort of talent. Yeah. And so listen to some of these other vocals. It's, it kind of blows it away, honestly, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing about it. Like you, there's just certain vocals. Lyrics are important too. Like the storytelling that's told in the songs, yeah. I think, is going to hit people differently in every way. And I, there's definitely moments where I get that with Nirvana mm-hmm. and with Kurt's vocals. But I think as a whole, I actually get more of that from some of the other vocals that we'll talk about here soon. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's just kind of interesting because again, yeah, I would always like, if I'm always going to think about like the number one song of the nineties, it always comes down to yeah. Nirvana for yeah, me Nirvana because it's be just, there. it was such a huge pivotal moment. And like I said, they were really the type to, or the, the group that broke through like, grunge like from the seattle scene and so that just progressed into like such a huge movement and music that is some of my favorite favorites today so i had to you know you have to kind of give respect where it's earned but but i think when you really break down the voices of these and like really finding what story hits you most what vocals are hitting you most that's where i would actually yeah like kurt cobain would probably be I, maybe my fourth pick yeah, honestly yeah. today like i don't I know i know that. that sounds crazy but i, I don't it, know I, but i understand it because yeah it, it's it's hard to say because but i think what it really was is just the moment you know and, absolutely and, and yeah. like nirvana really kind of broke through not like we said earlier not that they were necessarily the first kind of band to do this mm-hmm. sort of thing but they were kind of the one that got the biggest and most well known for it yeah. and kind of broke out into that scene and everybody kind of wanted to ride that wave and Mm-hmm. and catch that same style but it, yeah not that it, it was just so different i think for the time yeah not even that it was like wow that's the most talented singer i've ever heard because i don't think kurt even thought he was the most talented singer so i, yeah. I think it's more just what it was and how different yeah. it was from everything else at the time yeah i mean i think kurt had such a great artistic ability in his voice and just how like the attitudes that they approach their music with is so unique and so like it's just it's Nirvana, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So the next vocalist we're going to look at from the nineties grunge scene is Pearl Jam's Eddie Vedder. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I'm pretty sure they didn't like being called a grunge band. If I remember that right, I'm pretty sure I've seen that somewhere. I don't, I don't think they wanted to really be classified in that or, or maybe didn't. Well, really... it's a little too late. For that. Yeah. <laughs> it they, they definitely were classified in there. Whether they, whether they liked it yeah. or not. Um, <laughs> So, but yeah, uh, so we're going to be looking at Eddie Vedder. Um, yeah, and I think a few things to kind of talk about first with Eddie Vedder. Um, Eddie, Eddie Vedder gets a lot of, <laughs> I don't know, gets a lot of, I guess, I don't know, what would you want to call it? Hate? Yeah, I mean, a lot it, of misconceptions. Obviously, there's a lot of Pearl Jam stories. fans, but there's also a yeah. lot of hate. Um, and, you know, and I was guilty of it too, honestly, because mm-hmm. I would, I always kind of like, like growing up, I'd never, I mean, I always liked Jeremy and Black, of course, yeah. but I never really like got into Pearl Jam and I was always just kind of like, oh, it's just, and that's, that's pretty much the whole thing. And that's <laughs> all he does. But like, when you really listen to it, it's not like he just no. has, he has, it is all lower tones. I mean, he has a couple like higher, like, yeah, I mean that he's known tones. for having a, he's known for his baritone yeah. Yeah. range. Like that's just, that's a right. definitely a huge piece of his voice. And I think it just became such a, there was a, a time where like in, in his era when he was out, like, yeah, that was cool. But then there became this time where it was cool to hate on that. Like, Oh, he's just a little yeah. baritone singer. That yeah. sucks. Like, yeah. So, 
Yeah, yeah I don't, people I thought guess I don't that... mean they get a lot of hate. They don't yeah. get a lot of hate. There's a huge fan base of Pearl oh, Jam. Yeah. Like, I don't mean it like that. But yeah, there, like you said, there was a time, though, where that almost was a little it bit like... It was like if they came out with a baritone singer, they just, like, immediately got classified into yeah, this like nothing but in rock, like, mm-hmm. like, style that everyone, like, loved to hate for some reason, so... Yeah. And then you get the whole, you know, like, oh, he just sounds like uh, Jim Morrison from The Doors or, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, and then you get comparisons between them and Scott Stapp and all this stuff, and it's like, the only, like, thing that's the same is that they all sing in a low voice. Yeah. And And I think that's why, like, in listening to these isolated vocals, you can really, like, highlight the different pieces of um, each of these vocalists voice in such a different way. And I think that's why, like, yeah, like, it's easy to group together, like, these these low baritone kind of voices, but there's still so much style that is infused into it that you you have to kind of, like, really... You have to listen for it maybe sometimes harder than others because yeah. it's not as easy to like pinpoint, but it's still extremely talented. And I think, yeah, like I never gave enough credit, I think, to Eddie and Pearl Jam over the years until you really kind of hear it in a different way. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and, and this is to say something too, like Eddie is actually ranked number seven of the best lead singers of all time. Wow. I don't know. That's oh, what, huge. Who ranked this? What did you catch that? I don't actually you didn't, know. You, didn't catch, you just <laughs> you saw the fact. I'm oh, sorry. I just, it was interesting. I was interested. <laughs> okay. Like, was it a Rolling Stone? Right? I don't like, know. Uh, if it, I think it was Rolling Stone. Okay. Um, what the fact check? You know, calling me out. But, but yeah, I mean, so there's something to say for that. Obviously, mm-hmm. Eddie is the only surviving of all four of these that we'll be talking about. But yeah. um, so there's a lot of quite a bit of music of his oh, yeah. to kind of go through. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's. Let's kind of dive into yeah. the first one. So the first one we're going to be listening to is uh, off of the album Ten, mm-hmm. which actually we ended up picking all the songs <laughs> from the did. album Ten. Because it's, it's such a good album. So good. It was their so first good. album, and it was so good. Like, yeah. Um, but this song is called Alive. Yeah. Is something wrong? She said. Of course there is. You're still alive. She said. Oh, do I deserve to be? Is that the question? And if so, if so, who answers? Who answers? I'm still alive. Yeah, so obviously, so much, like, so much to kind of hear with this very first one. I think this kind of shows maybe the most maybe the most obvious points of Eddie's voice with this first one. Um, I think Alive was actually like their first like huge hit that came off of 10. Yeah, I think they said it was like the first one they wrote together. As a yeah, show, yeah. Um, and I mean, right off the bat, you can immediately hear that the low sounds in Eddie's voice, but you can also hear right off the bat the power that he has behind yeah. the low no- notes. And then another thing too, you hear especially specific in this, um, audio is his type of growl that yeah. comes through like so effortlessly. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. And, and I'll probably have the same thing to say about um, a couple of these other songs too, is that the quick transition that he does from like mm-hmm. a shaky, like, like it's a low and it's powerful, but it, it sounds shaky in a way. Like, it, like yeah. I'm sure it's like just the emotion coming through of it. 
and and like you just know that something's about to happen and like and then mm-hmm. it, that quick transition from a shaky low voice to that his powerful like almost yells or almost like a vocal fry sort of scream sort of similar to Kurt Cobain's yeah um, but, but rather than it feeling so much more like I think Kurt almost perfects more of that like that true rasp kind of scream I feel like Eddie is much more of like a growl type yeah. of scream it's like a different type of like fry I guess yeah. than the chords um that I think like is a little bit more I guess like the growl is a little bit more into like unique for Eddie yeah. um which who is kind of funny actually to think about that and then the kind of scene of music that came on in the 2000s where it was all so much like really a lot of growl yeah. and rasp and yeah. so I mean it just kind of shows you like how much influence I oh, think yeah, that these sure. vocalists really have for so many people that came after Absolutely. yeah it's yeah I, I guess we should listen to another song before we blow everything yeah that we have to say <laughs> yeah. and one thing so okay so the next song we're gonna look at then is another song from 10 but this mm-hmm. version is actually from the mtv unplugged yeah um which i think we've mentioned this before but if you haven't seen it go watch it yeah um go listen to it really good performance um but this one is jerry so obviously oh. hold on though but first oh. be- think about that this is not only just a vocal track but this is a live vocal track yeah absolutely that's, so that's a good point. Li- really listen to that yeah. when or think about that when you really listen to this this track here yeah that's a good point because it, you know you're not going to be hidden by any sort of yeah backing vocal like backing track vocals or any, any sort of effects it's you know it's which live. is what makes this go so great but at the same time i think that's important to note that this is not only just a vocal it is a live vocal yeah Whoa! So Jeremy, now first I want to say like um, that that part. I don't know. The problem with this is like listening to just that part doesn't do it justice because yeah. that's the end of the this song. The end, that's yeah. what everything was building up to. That's like the big like kind of climax of the song, mm-hmm. and it's so well done. But when you take it out of context and you listen straight to the end, it might sound a little like, "Is this good?" Like it's kind of shaky. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. But it's like it's the emotion that led to that point, and it's the just the I don't know, like like how much he doesn't breathe at all yeah. at the end of that. It's like <laughs> the breath is so insane, and this obviously this one's a little bit different again because this is a live one. But I think I think there was a reason why we chose this because it's it's so rare anymore to find great vocalists, and when you strip everything down and away from them and it is like purely just like their voice and the rawness and like the the emotion like i mean that's like untouched you just can't like it's so rare to find that now and and that's why we wanted to showcase this particular clip because it's just 
this is such a, a I think an important way to also hear Eddie's voice. Like yeah. just so many things in this. Yeah, and again, just like listen to the whole song because it's mm-hmm. not doing it justice just to listen to this end part. But obviously, we can't sit here and play the whole song um, for you here. Yeah. But I definitely recommend listening to the whole song. Listen to just the isolated vocals if you want for the whole song. It, I mean, I know there's some sounds come through on that isolated track. You still hear like some of the drums and some yeah. of the guitar, but it, it definitely you know amplifies the vocals so you can hear it but that's a really good point it's just that like at that time live music was live music it Mm -hmm. wasn't it wasn't what it is a lot of times now like most bands a lot of them have you know a lot of technology and they have backing tracks playing the whole time they're singing and Mm -hmm. not that you know not that that's necessarily it can be if it's used in the right way a good thing but yeah sometimes i feel like bands rely too much on that and you don't really get a full live experience in my opinion yeah i think that's what makes all of these vocalists and these particular groups and honestly just what made so much of the music that came out in the 90s so special like in really any decade honestly before that i it's what made it so special like the presence that was there in a live format is just like i said it's untouched like there's just nothing else like that and and i think there's very key things that you hear with eddie's voice here like his his grovelly growl comes out in so many ways in this. And and even when it kind of breaks, because again, it's, it's a live format. I yeah. think there's like, there's sometimes like breaks that just work so well. And I think like it works so well here for yeah. him. It's like that emotion break in like the song and in his voice, because there's so much power and so much breath that's going into it that he's like, he doesn't let up. He lets yeah. that like, I don't know, like just breaks so naturally, but it's where it sounds honestly so it just sounds so right in that yeah. moment, I guess. And yeah. and then to start off right off the bat, you start off with like this power and that growl. And by the end of it, it's almost so soft, like a like almost like a, a whisper, like yeah. a low whisper kind of thing. And and that again, I think this shows a little bit more of his range like yes he's like a low baritone kind of octave the whole time but there's still there's still so much range that can happen yeah, in those low no- baritone, notes yeah exactly yeah it doesn't have to, you don't have to be able to screech at the top of your lungs and hit yeah soaring high notes to have a lot of range there's different styles of range as well so yeah yeah okay so the last vocal track that we have for you is also off of 10 <laughs> surprise. Surprise, surprise um and this is just a great song. I yeah, let's just kind of play it. This is black. Drive away and now my bitter hands cradle broken glass of what was everything. All the pictures said all been washed in black, tattooed everything. All the love gone bad Turned my world to black Tattooed all I see All that I am All I'll be Yeah Is there like anyone that can listen to this song And just not love this song? Ugh, I mean so good I think there are people, but I just—it's it's so a, good. Yeah, it's such I, a great song. It is it, like every time I listen. That's one of the, another one of those songs that I listen to that is really hard for me to turn or like mm-hmm. cut off midway or like I like once I hear, it, I just want to hear the whole song and and just listen to it, really take it in. Um, 
I don't know. It again, you know, it's 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 you know all baritone. That's what he does. Um, but there's still so much like emotion in that. Just listening to that song, like there's so much in this one. I think like so much of what does this song. Like you, I feel like you can't not pull this song up when you're thinking about Eddie's vocals because this is also a song of just like, um, like beautiful storytelling and the way that Eddie really emits that power and emotion is yeah. just so, it's it's just so beautiful and like so amazing and I think it just makes this song so like definitely a special song of Pearl Jam and yeah, Eddie's absolutely. for sure. I don't know. I mean, there's something about even just the way he says spinning, like both of those notes. There's something about yeah. the way he like ends that. I, it's so weird. I can't even like totally pinpoint it, but it's almost like this like, like painful kind of note that comes through again yeah. on it. And then just the power that comes through at the end. Like there's just, there's so much emotion that, yeah. that seeps through those notes. Yeah, I think that's absolutely what does it for me in the song. Mm-hmm. The, there's, you can just hear so much emotion in the, in the, in the, all the words in the song and stuff and yeah. just the way he does it. And, and not really, I can't take credit for this, but like watching, I watched a isolated vocal track on this on YouTube before. And, and the one I watched, the guy said that um, it's something when, you can't understand half the words, but you still feel something from it. <laughs> yeah. And, so, oh, yeah. and that's it's so true. I believe that was a Ken Tamplin, but but that's 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 what he said. And I, I was like, yeah, that's actually really true. Like because even mm-hmm. if you can't tell what the words are, you can tell the emotion that's yeah. in the song. So yeah. And I think that's that's Eddie's special power is that what makes him unique is that when there's a song that has such a deep meaning to it in it, you know, Alive is about his dad. Jeremy is about uh a suit like a suicidal kid and you know black is like heartbreak yeah like when there's such a deep meaning in the storytelling i think that's when eddie shines the best is the way that the emotion comes through in his voice and the way he's able to hold out his breath for certain ways the way he has a kind of his own signature type of low growl that comes through but then he pairs that with like softness too like i think those are really what are Eddie's strengths that yeah I just I don't think we I never gave him enough credit for that honestly all right so our third vocalist we want to talk about is of course Chris Cornell um of first Simple the Dog then Soundgarden then Audio Slave and then Solo I don't know yeah (laughs) Yeah, he was in a lot um and oh gosh Chris is a fantastic vocalist just right off the bat um he also has i think he's also considered like a baritone voice but he's a much more warmer and the thing that makes chris right off the bat unique is his range yeah and we'll definitely see that um in these songs that we choose but he actually has a very clear four octave range and just to kind of like give you a comparison of somebody else who does i mean you're talking in comparison to david bowie to freddie mercury yeah i mean he has the same type of octave range as that so i mean freddie mercury alone is a great comparison to show that so so chris cornell again like i think he he's just a great vocalist and definitely one that i don't think i 
fully got fu- his full talent until maybe a little bit later on. Yeah, same. Same for me. I definitely yeah. uh, slept on this guy for the most part of the 90s because I, d- I just, you know, I always knew like Spoon Man and uh, Black Old Sun and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And I never really, really thought much about it. But like listening to it again uh, as I'm older and actually analyzing what he does it is like like you said he, he he probably does mostly sit in that baritone range and kind of how we talked with eddie where you can have a lot of range within baritone yeah. he does but then he also has this range in the higher octaves that's too. crazy yeah. so he has a good range in baritone and a good range in this high range that almost like when you listen to it by itself almost sounds like a 80s like hair metal yeah. kind of sound and it's like like by itself it doesn't it's weird to think that, but then mm-hmm. like with everything together, it sounds so good. Um, but yeah, I guess we should probably yeah, let's, these songs let's get into so. the first song. Stuttering, cold and damp, steal the warm wind, tired friend. Times are gone for honest men, and sometimes far too long for snakes in my shoes, walking sleep. In my youth, I pray to keep. So obviously that one was Black Hole Sun. Um, that was Soundgarden's biggest hit in the 90s. Yeah. Um, I think they even like won a few awards for that song and whatnot. So that was definitely a really notable song. And I think right off the bat for me, what I I there's just so much like warmth in Chris's voice yeah. that comes through, and it's just such a like he just has such a nice voice to listen to. Like there's almost is, like yeah. this, like, yeah, like you said, like there is like almost like this eighties rock element to it, but there's also like interesting, like almost soulfulness that kind of creeps in through his voice too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we haven't even gotten to some of his like powerful vocals, which we'll yeah. get to, but I think it's really, I think it's just as equally um, important to hear some of his like softer vocals too. Cause he really just has such a great voice voice yeah i'd agree this is definitely um a really relaxed song in my mm-hmm. opinion as far but it's yeah. still like you said the the tone is so rich and, and yeah like warm the warmth in the vocals there is really good to listen to like it's just a really really good vocal track all in all um so clean yeah, too like absolutely. he has a really precisely precise kind of voice at yeah. times but then when he wants to unleash he can unleash and yeah, again like yeah. we'll hear that like soon we'll but i, I love that he can really play like both sides of that so well yeah okay so now we're gonna look at some of this other vocal range we were talking mm-hmm. about with chris cornell um in the uh, temple of the dog song called hunger strike um, this one actually has Eddie Vedder in it as well. So yeah, you'll, you'll so hear him in there piece. too. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's kind of a cool like mix between the both of them to hear them together and stuff, the way mm-hmm. they play off of each other's um, vocals. Yeah, I don't mind stealing bread. Mm-hmm. I don't mind. No, I don't mind stealing bread. Yeah. I'm going hungry. Yeah, so like I said, um, when Chris wants to unleash, he can unleash. <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely just makes me think of straight like old 80s, almost hair metal band, just screaming, singing. Like, I don't know. It's just crazy 
I don't know, but it sounds so cool. And especially yeah, mixed it's with... it's like a reinvented kind yeah. of 80s the, Especially mixed with, like, Eddie's lows in there. It just, it, mm-hmm. it really shines. Um, and just, I don't know. It, it's just crazy the vocal range he has. There, yeah. So. And you know what's funny, though? When, I remember, like, when I would first listen to this song and... The first like verse is just Chris and it's so low that you almost wonder like, oh, is this Eddie? Yeah. Because like, and you, so again, like Chris has a, just such a wild range to me because he has such a great low toned voice to where again, you almost like think it's Eddie and then Eddie somehow comes in with like seven octaves lower yeah, than that. Like, I don't somehow, even yeah. know how. <laughs> and then Chris just goes like crazy freaking like james brown level yeah yeah (laughs) and like i think you can honestly really hear a lot of james brown like if you want to really go back into some old influences like there like there was actually a youtube video that we watched and he made that that point and when you listen to those in comparison it's actually kind of wild like the the similarities in that and and i mean there's just that one note in particular that chris does kind of coming back at the end it's so high yeah. and it's such a scream and such a power, but he, it's like, it doesn't even break. And like yeah. some, it just doesn't even make it to, sense. At the very end of it. Yeah. Yeah. And but like just... at that point where like, if someone tried to like push that high, yeah, it's it, like, it, that's a in crazy note to hit alone. Yeah. I mean, that just really shows you the talent Chris has, but honestly just the freaking power uh, <laughs> behind his voice is absolutely. so crazy and to be able to have power at that high of a level is just really impressive honestly um i think another one we didn't do a vocal track of this but um say hello to heaven off of the same record also really showcases some of his great like high um high ranges and just power that he has too um but yeah i mean this is a great song i love this song and this really shows a lot of a lot of sides of yeah, Chris's voice does. for sure. And it's so catchy too, honestly, because it gets stuck in my head. Yeah. So easily. I just keep singing it over and over again. Especially so. when we're hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have one more song from Chris and his vocals. Um, this one is Fell on Black Days. Um, uh, Soundgarden. Yeah, by Soundgarden also. So we're kind of going back to that forward in time, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll play that one now. In whomsoever I've cradled, I've put you down. Such light soul, they say, but I can't see it in the night. I'm only faking when I get it right. When I get it right. So one thing I really wanted to say about that track is just how effortless he makes it sound to go straight from that mm-hmm. low, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. and then right into that, that, I don't Almost know. Almost like a screech. Yeah, like, it, yeah. but it's like so quick, and then he goes yeah. right back down to where he was for the rest of the verse. Um, yeah, his transitions, I yeah. think, is what this song really, or this vocal track really highlights, like how well he can do that. Yeah. Um, there's many songs where he does, like, some good transitions like that but i think this one kind of highlights like because it's so soft and again he has such that warmth and that richness but but just, just bang, like on just a flip it's like the, like yeah. a little yeah like a little yep. and then it's like <laughs> never mind we're back to this now yeah it's yeah like, what's going on it just puts you like on that kind of edge when you're listening to it so um, yeah that's like a really again just like an impressive piece of his voice and like just 
again, just to reiterate this, like it shows just the control that he has in his voice at all levels, just really yeah. at all ranges, at all levels, at all intensities in his voice. Um, and just throwing those little bits of intensities with such a soft, warm sound. I mean, it's just definitely one of those like signatures I think that Chris really plays into also. Yeah. Um, I think with Chris, like with all four of these vocalists, I know we have one more we haven't talked about, but I think Chris is honestly really one of the most talented vocalists that came out of that era. Yeah. Like truly. Yeah. Yeah, I I would say if you're, if you're just on pure talent of singing, I would say that, yeah, this is probably the one Mm -hmm. out of the four that we talked about today that probably has the most talented voice. Yeah. He definitely, I mean, we know that he definitely has like the biggest range for sure. Like we were talked about like just his octave range alone. Um, But yeah, I mean, he just has such a, Again, just such an intensity and a range, and I, there's just not a lot of not a lot of other Chris Cornells out there for sure. There's a lot of influences you can see in his voice, but it, he just really does have such a powerful, like just talented, talented, talented voice. It's just really impressive, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so the last one we're going to talk about today is. Um, honestly, another one that I didn't give enough credit to. Back no, in the um, there's so many. There's like, like I loved '90s music, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of '90s music that I just kind of wrote off as a kid. Like, eh, whatever. It sucks that I did that because, like, going mm-hmm. back and listening to it now, I'm like, man, that's really cool. I don't know why I didn't give that a chance. Um, or maybe too, like, I think for me, like, I just enjoyed their hit, and I never looked beyond right, them, like, and know, I just was like, oh yeah, just that song. Yeah, I like them. Have, yeah. Rather than really like hearing it for what it was and exploring deeper into some of other music, like yeah. I definitely was guilty of that. But it's um, Lane Staley from uh, Alice in Chains. Yeah. Um, so, and the first song we're gonna listen to here is "Man in the Box." a good song too um something you can tell kind of with this one and i that lane saley did a lot with a lot of his vocals is he was a huge huge fan of layering vocals like to the point where he almost be like do like two to three vocals on quite a few of the songs and yeah. i think you it's just it, it he just has such a insane voice to me like truly yeah. like the the fact of like starting off this this particular vocal track that we're listening to and how low he can bring his voice. And then, (laughs) but then it's like, he just like comes out of nowhere with like this, like power. But I think something that makes Lane so unique is like, he just has this like tone in his voice Mm -hmm. that is honestly nothing like you. I've never really heard anything else. Yeah. It's definitely another, really different voice um this mm-hmm. one's a little more similar i would say to chris out of the other uh three that we've listened to today because he like we already mentioned is really good at hitting these really low notes and then doing these unexpected yeah uh high kind of soaring vocals and yeah like Leisha said the um you know 
the layered tracking definitely enhances that sound and makes it sound a bit, like if you just hear just one by itself, it maybe doesn't sound as good, but I don't know. It still is good to me. Like, Oh yeah. Just that, I don't know. I love, I love, I just love that, that change from that, that low when it comes in to when the chorus kicks in and you just mm-hmm. go straight oh, to that yeah. soaring vocal. Yeah. And the, yeah it's, and even just the note that he has in the chorus where he like shifts his, like, it's like, um, I forget what the term is for that, but like, he goes like, like that type, like, he, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but like, he's holding it like such in a, yeah. like a much higher powerful, like yeah. sound in that chorus. Like, it's just, I mean, he just like nails that too. He, it's like yeah. so seamless how he flows through those like notes like that when he's already at such a high, like power and and kind of like more higher higher note honestly at that point too and so i love like that particular note i love how he like changes through that in the chorus yeah um and then again and and then the end yeah just transitions back to such a low like sound it's just so interesting i don't know it just pairs really well with i wish like i know we're not talking about jerry cantrell but i wish they would have had his vocals in there too because it pairs really well with the kind of harmonizing they do together Okay, this next song is one of my personal favorite songs. Um, And this also is pulled from a live performance. So we pulled this again from like their unplugged performance. Um, So just keep that in mind again going into this, that how stripped down the vocals are and you're really hearing, hearing it as it is. We... Face the path of time And yet I fight And yet I fight this battle all alone No one to cry to No place to come home so yeah, another um, amazing unplugged to watch. Um, mm-hmm. And like we mentioned earlier, or how you mentioned earlier, that he likes to do the layered vocals. And I was kind of mentioning like, you know, a lot of times the layered vocals enhances it and you can't, mm-hmm. you know, it just makes it sound better. But this, like you just said, is a live performance. There is no layered vocal. It's yeah. just him. And I, I know this one isn't as intense as the last song we listened to. It's It's definitely a more stripped down, slower song. But something about the emotion that's into it and mm-hmm. and just the vibe of it is really haunting sound to it yeah it's, it's just so such a cool song and the vocals on it are just really cool yeah i mean we actually listened to the isolated vocals from the track of this like the record and then also the live performance of this and we actually preferred the live performance of this just yeah. because there was something about this. The studio track has all the layered vocals. Yeah. You can hear all yeah. the echo and all the, yeah. But this one is much clearer. You can really hear his voice. So, And I think just like, I think this was a collab writing in the song, but just this song alone is such a, like you said, I think that was like a perfect word. It's such a hauntingly beautiful, sad song. And it's, it's purely the emotion for me in this song. And I think this is, this is why we really wanted to highlight this with Lane's voice is that, yeah, he has like these deep sounds. He, he can like put a lot of power. He has like such a unique tone, but he also just has this very simplistic 
um, emotion. Mm -hmm. It just straightforward, very raw emotion that comes through his voice so effortlessly, especially in nutshell. I, I think another one that's super worth listening to is down on a hole. Yeah. That's another one. Like the harmonies in that one. I, I forgot we didn't pull that, but the harmonies between him and Jerry in that one are fantastic. Like so good. It's so worth listening to, to get kind of some of Jerry's sounds in there too. And just, the way their their tones of their voices harmonize together is is kind of so flawless, honestly. Yeah, there is. And there's a lot of emotion that comes through in that song as well. Um, but yeah, I mean I, I think I think Lane has the ability to really take to really take his voice almost to such a, a dark place that it's it's so beautiful as it comes out. And yeah. it's yeah, it's just like there's definitely such a raw talent there. Yeah, it's another one of those bands that I never gave too much credit to. And it's just, you know, they, they really had that like really cool, like with Jerry, that kind of, you know, dual vocal thing going on there too. And mm-hmm. how they could both do their harmonies, but then also do like separate parts at the same time. Yeah. And it was like, I always love that kind of stuff when there's like two vocal sounds going on at once and stuff like that. And they have different parts, but it, it, even though they're different, it goes together so well and makes it really does. Yeah. Like it really, really does. All right. So the next one we're going to back to a studio one. So you're gonna hear right off the bat layered vocal echo effect mm-hmm. um, in the clip we picked, but uh, you'll see why we picked this clip in just a second. <laughs> Wood. Uh, this was another big hit of Alice in Chains. Uh, great song. I've always loved this song. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I ever really understood just how like technical his vocals really were in this chorus and just how like just the talent again and this like in the way he goes from such a low place into like such a, a higher register, but then he holds that in a crazy way like through the chorus it's just so this chorus is just so good yeah the chorus yeah listen for me listening to this actually i think what made me like this song so much was actually a video we watched that had it as an isolated vocal because i had never really paid too much attention to it before and yeah you got the echo effect obviously Mm -hmm. there that's kind of you know enhancing and and hanging on the note a little longer but it's it's one of those notes that it honestly like just gives me chills every time I hear oh, it. Yeah. It's like it's just so so cool, like how he, he, he hits that note, and 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 then yeah, just like the control he has in his voice, the he does so, some of the sort of almost vibrato kind of stuff too, mm-hmm. where he's kind of like moving the note around up and down in different ways. So yeah, he does that quite a bit, honestly, yeah. in just such a short span of time. Which again, like. It just shows you like the the control behind that to be able to shift so much yeah. and and go back and forth between that in such a short amount of like span of time is just again like really impressive to me. I'll be honest, I I never would have thought this, but I truly think Lane might have one of my favorite voices out yeah. of the four people that we talked about today. Honestly, out of just 
that whole era of music. I think he just has such a like incredible voice and there is truly like not a tone that is similar to his at all. Like he is no, like it's so hard to compare him to really anybody else or even think of like certain influences of his, like he just, there's just something about his particular tone that I, I just always love. And like each one of these particular vocal tracks give me chills like every single time and it makes sense to me because i think we've talked before about this um that like off the podcast that not that who his influences were necessarily but that he influenced other people and how similar some of his his voice is to you know chester bennington from lincoln park like they do a lot of the similar kind of tones and stuff with their the way Mm -hmm. they're they're screaming but also have like a nice tone to it as well Mm -hmm. like yeah yeah i i don't know i never would have probably thought that like 10 years ago no, maybe yeah. but yeah. i really have yeah. a whole new respect for just the the talent that is there and and just the songs that they have and i don't know i i think lane is definitely a a true gem of yeah. of that era like truly i mean i don't know yeah i don't think he maybe always gets enough credit that he deserves no i don't think so yeah all right so then we're at the end here i know this was uh probably a longer episode than some of the others we've done but yeah to me, it's fun. Yeah, um, and I think this episode, I think, was really fun for us. But we hope it's really fun for you guys, too. I think it's just so interesting to kind of compare. Not really compare, but I guess, like, just take a, another look deeper into, like I said, some of, of what we think is kind of, like, the biggest four vocalists that came out of this era. Yeah. And just kind of see, like, what were these specific things that really just, like, resonated with yeah. with us and with people and you know, for me, like I was kind of saying, I think Lane is probably one of my my favorite voices of the four. Um, but maybe for you, like Kurt really is the one that resonates yeah. or Eddie or Chris or yeah. whatever. Um, so I don't know. We would we would kind of be interested to hear like what you guys think of that or other notes that you come up with or, yeah, or who's kind of your favorite of the four. Or... Yeah, it's really cool. to do. And, and for me, maybe this will do for you what it did for me where like listening to these kind of things and going back and really mm-hmm. hearing different things gives you a new appreciation for that particular band. Like we've said probably a bunch of times this episode of like, you know, I didn't never didn't give them enough credit back in the day, but listening to this made me really listen to them and, and have in a, a different new, light. Yeah. yeah. Have a new, uh, listen for them. So I hope you guys enjoyed this format. I would yeah. love to keep doing these. Um, I love listening to different parts of music and like I said, instrumentals or vocalists, isolations or just mm-hmm. it's really cool to pick out different parts and stuff so yeah yeah so this was episode track four of road trip ep and uh we hope you come back for next time <laughs>